I'm glad you're tuned in. And if you're not watching me from my Substack, please go to adrianross.substack.com. adrianross.substack.com. And would you please subscribe? I have my column there. Obviously, the podcast is there. It is a really cool place. You may recall, I've talked about moving from adrianrosscolumn.com to Substack, and I'm loving it over at Substack. Everything is on one platform. So I'm asking you to support me to subscribe to Substack, all right? And if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Make sure that you, you know, hit the like button when you watch an episode and leave a comment, all right? If you're if you're tuned in on a podcast platform, I love a rating and a review, all right? Especially if you love it. Hit that five stars, all right? And then jot a few words in support. And of course, share with your friends, all right? As much as possible, because there's a message, in case you haven't been able to tell, there's a message that I'm committed to getting out. And I don't want to just talk to myself. I want as many people as possible to be tuned in. And I want as many people as possible to support what I do so that I can continue to do what I do, all right? Now, today is um, kind of like laid back. We're, we're, we're going to talk, we're just going to talk, you know, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about something that people have asked me about throughout the past year, okay? If you're watching this or listening to this the day that it comes out, that would be Tuesday, it would be Tuesday, April 25th, if you're watching it the day it comes out, which means that tomorrow, Wednesday, April 26th, will be one year since I had brain surgery, a full year, because it was on April 26th, 2022. All right. So whenever you're watching or listening, it's one year at April 26th. And I'm just going to give an update on this episode. I'm going to talk to you about my journey and I'm going to answer that question that I get a lot. And that's, you know, how are things going and, and how are you doing? And I recently asked the Lord to help me answer that question. You know, you, you hear that question all the time. How are you doing? You know, especially from people who are familiar with what I've been going through since surgery. And so, you know, they want to know that I'm doing okay or, or how I'm doing. And, and so, I, but I struggle a little bit with how to answer the question. So I asked the Lord recently, how do I answer that question? Right. And um, anyway, um, he's teaching me how, you know, because you want to be careful what you speak, but you also don't want to lie. You know, you want to, you want to speak words of faith and uh, but you also want to be truthful with people who want to know how you're doing. And so I'm just going to share my journey. Now, some of you weren't a part of the Adrian Ross show family for a whole year. You know, maybe you just kind of joined in and you're like, brain surgery. What? I didn't know. And um, but you're going to know a little bit. I, I honestly don't want to get too deep into it. Uh, that's hard to do when you start talking. Uh, but I, I want to to just kind of uh, quickly walk through why I had to have the surgery and, and let you know how I'm, how I'm doing now, what's going on now. Brain surgery. It, it was pituitary surgery. There was a tumor. The formal word for it is adenoma, but it's a tumor on my pituitary gland. 
Now, I didn't know, maybe you know, but I sure didn't know that the pituitary gland is the master gland. It's literally called the master gland. So it controls so much in the body. And so Adrian, how do you find out that you have a, a tumor on, on your pituitary gland in, in your brain? Well, it's interesting because I started having just weird stuff happen. Actually, actually I backtracked. I actually started having issues that seemed unrelated to anything to do with my brain. Um, I originally, I hope this isn't too graphic for you, but I originally had an issue with, um, I, I ended up having uh, blood in my urine. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And, and so I went to the doctor concerning that. I went to the urologist concerning that. Um, I found out at that time that there was a kidney stone. And so actually in April of 2021, I had a lithotripsy surgery to blast the kidney stone because it, it's of a size that it was of a size that it would not, it would not be able to pass. That would be horror, a horror story, right? And so I went through a lithotripsy um, and that was just about a year before the brain surgery. And um, unfortunately, I recently discovered that it, I have to do it again because it didn't, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. It's supposed to blast it to powder and then it's supposed to pass naturally so fine that you wouldn't even know it. But apparently mine is collected again. And whereas before they thought the way it is and where it is, it could probably stay there forever. Well, but we weren't sure because it was starting to move. And I guess the movement is, is what caused the blood in the urine. And uh, since the surgery, a few times I've had more blood in the urine. And so more scanning has shown that it's there and it is moving at times and it could get into that place where it tries to come out, which it wouldn't come out and it would be, uh, it would be horrible. So uh, the doctor is waiting for me to give him a date so that he could blast it again. Anyway, I said all that to say, if I'm remembering correctly, that's where it started, where scanning started to be done. As they began to scan my body about this, they just noticed a few things like uh, some tumors on the adrenal gland. They call those adenoma as well on the, on the adrenal. And so there was that. And trying to move along here in the story, because there was a whole lot of scanning and things going on. Um, at some point, I was diagnosed with diabetes. I, was, I went to the doctor and I was I just kind of mentioned, I was like, you know, I've been um, urinating a lot, you know, um, lately. And I'm like, hmm. And so they had tested me for that. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm a diabetic, you know. Um, all of a sudden, I have high blood pressure, you know, and um, and then really what was bothering me was my my stomach would just be so uncomfortable, like even just drinking a glass of water. I just felt so uncomfortable. And then over time, my stomach began to reshape it. It looked completely different. I looked like I was a few months pregnant and I'm working out like six days a week and I'm gaining weight. My face is starting to look fatter and my belly for sure was, was just, is just huge. Um, not to say that I'm a skinny mini anyway. 
Okay, but this was a total different look, you know, and I kept pressing the issue and they, you know, no, everything is, is fine. And, I, you know, and I, they had found fibroids in the scans and all that. I, and I have an enlarged, enlarged uterus and a bunch of fibroids and just a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, so I thought, I thought, well, is my stomach getting like this because of the fibroids, because of the enlarged uterus? Oh, and now it's, you know, it's kind of, but I kept pushing the issue anyway. At some point, they, when they realized about the adrenal glands having the tumor, they said, this is probably what has caused the diabetes. And so we're going to, um, most likely what we will do, we'll go in, we will um, laparoscopically remove those and voila, you know, no more diabetes, no more high blood pressure, no more this unexplained weight gain, you'll be good to go. But before we do that, we just want to do one more test. We want to make sure that it's not coming from the pituitary gland. Now, generally, when people have the, uh, um, the tumors on the adrenal, they don't really have the um, symptoms that I have, but sometimes you do, you know, and they thought I was one of those people who did. But before they go in and start doing that, let's make sure this isn't stemming from the pituitary. This is a long, I'm, I'm giving you the fast version because this was a long process to get to this point. So they ended up um, doing a suppression test, et cetera, because my cortisol through lab work they saw that my cortisol was extremely high, extremely high, which explains the weight gain, and the, the, the belly and the face and all this. And when your cortisol is extremely high, they call that Cushing's syndrome or Cushing's disease. And so it was extremely high. So they do this test. And if the test comes back a certain way, then they know that the problem is not stemming from the adrenal gland where they could just laparoscopically take care of it, but that is coming from the pituitary. They didn't expect that to be the case. It was the case. So now they've got to do brain MRIs and see if they find this tumor on my brain, on the pituitary. Now, a lot of people don't like MRIs and they're like, if it's not an open MRI, I'm not doing it. Well, you know, with the brain, you know, open, there's no open MRI. I mean, you're in there. And so I go in and I'm doing the brain MRI. I'm lying in there and they put this thing. It reminds me of the mask that a catcher on a baseball or softball team wears. And it's right above my face. I mean, I'm lying there and it's just right there. And it is, it's, it's an experience and a half and you don't want to do it. Uh, and you certainly don't want to do it again, but come to find out that the hospital didn't catch all of what was ordered in the order for the brain MRI. I'm smiling now, but I wasn't smiling when I got the call. So I think the first one was on a Tuesday. They couldn't do it the very next day, but on Thursday, they're telling me, you got to come back on Thursday and do this again. And I'm thinking, you have got to be out of your mind. I got to go through that again. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to go through it again. Had to go through it again, praying about it. Other people are praying about it. And I tell you, God is so good. Because when I went in there for the second MRI with that same thing right there, and it's a long time, okay? And uh, But the Lord is so good. Because in, I was in the midst of this MRI 
And believe it or not, there was such a peace over me that in fact, the second MRI, when it ended, I was almost disappointed that it ended because God had put such a peace on me. That's just absolutely amazing. And it's the truth. And I'm not saying that I want to go there again, uh, but I'm just saying he did that for me. But I did have to do it again. Because when we realized through the brain surgery that indeed the tumor was there and indeed it would need to be removed for, for me to uh, be, you know, function normally or as normal, I don't know if you think I'm normal, but for me to function properly, it would have to be removed. I would actually have to have brain surgery and, um, so I had to meet with the, all the neurologist and the, neuro, the neurosurgeon and the endocrinologist. And, and I was told how this would work. And, they, and, and when they realized it, it was a very quick turnaround. Like, I don't even think I was, a, there was a month. I don't think there was a month before uh, from the time I was told to, um, that I was, that I was, well, there was a long time before the surgery, before they decided to do the surgery because I'm self-pay, which is a whole nother story you can imagine from brain surgery, what that would cost. And so they weren't going to do it because they don't take self-pay people. So there was that, so there was a long time as far as that goes, but when they decided to do it, they would do it. It was probably maybe three weeks or so. Um, and then uh, maybe a month. And then I was to have this brain surgery. So they had to explain to me how this, how this works. And he needed the, the neural, uh, the neurosurgeon, wanted his own MRI. So I had to do a few weeks, a couple of weeks before I had to do another brain uh, MRI. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I had to sit, so I've, I've had, I've had four now completed, but that was three before surgery. And uh, so I was like, oh my goodness, what do I do? And they're just like, listen, your cortisol is extremely high and you got diabetes and you've got high blood pressure and you you got these issues and the math and the hormone the thyroid you have a thyroid issue because the it is the master gland it it controls like everything and um and that was my only hope medication was you know probably not going to to do anything to um to solve the problem and so I uh, had to come up with an answer and the answer I said I have to think about this because when I met with the neurosurgeon he told me how this works. And then he told me what could go wrong. I was like, I have to think about it. And he said, I understand. I understand that. Totally understand. And then I had to go meet with the ENT because the neurosurgeon and the um, ENT performed this together. And I'll tell you why, if you don't already know. And I wanted to do it right away. Now, the neurosurgeon said, you can wait if you want. He said, but I have to, I've got to tell you this. I have taken another position and he came highly recommended but he has taken another position. Position, And so that means that if I didn't do it right away, then there would be another neurosurgeon working with the ENT and they hadn't worked together. And I was like, I'm not going to be the guinea pig to see how well they gel while they're dealing with my brain. Okay. So I ended up saying, yes, um, I'll do it. But throughout the whole thing, understand I'm a woman of faith. I know that God can do anything. I've seen God do amazing, amazing miracles. Okay. And so I knew that the Lord could heal Cushing's. I knew that the Lord could make that pituitary uh, uh, tumor go away. And that was my prayer. And that's what I was asking people to do. I was 
I wanted a miracle. I mean, I was believing in miracles. So when I finally, which was probably maybe maybe a week, a few days, um, uh, that I before I shared it publicly, I, I there were obviously a few some people I know in my inner circle and in my church who knew, but um, as far as public like that, I, it was right right close to surgery, and I said I'm scheduled for, and I kept using that wording because again, language is very important. And I was believing God. I said, I will not stop believing until, until they're in there in the brain. I'm, I mean, obviously I was going to be out, but, but until they roll me in there, whatever, I just simply was going to believe. And I kept, I, I remember asking them right before the surgery, are you going to do another MRI before the surgery? Well, it would be very rare that anything, you know, I said, well, I'm talking about a miracle, you know, so anyway, the Lord didn't do it the way I would have preferred. So they explained to me, like I said, I wasn't looking forward to this because of the way that it was explained to me. So let me give you a little bit of background. I'm taking much longer than I thought. The pituitary gland, okay? The pituitary, let me, let me just read to you about the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is no larger than a pea, the vegetable pea, and it is located at the base of the brain. The gland is attached to the hypothalamus. Okay, which is a part of the brain that affects the pituitary gland. And it's, it's attached to the hypothalamus by nerve fibers and blood vessels. Okay. And there are various symptoms when it's not right. And some of them are like anxiety or depression, which I wasn't, I didn't experience, but diabetes, um, there was hair loss, there can be hair loss. I didn't experience that. High blood pressure, I did. Um, and there, there are a number of other ones. You, you can look them up. But there, are, then there's the, the the face changes, and the some people get they gain weight and they get it in their like in their back area, um, etc. But the diabetes, the high blood pressure for sure, um, and uh, so it is again at the at the base of of the brain. So um, look at the picture here. If those of you who are watching. Um, you can look at the picture, but the pituitary gland is located at the base of the brain behind the bridge of the nose, okay? And uh, it is about um, one half inch in diameter. Uh, the pituitary gland rests within a hollowed out area of the sphenoid, if I'm pronouncing that right, bone. Um, and uh, so you just see the picture there of, of where it is located. And it is a tiny something, but it does, it's the master gland. It reminds me when the Bible talks about the tongue being a tiny member, but it controls so much, right? Or how a ship is is um, directed, navigated through the, you know, what, what would be considered a small member. So because of where the pituitary is located, they access your brain through your nostrils. And so you might think, wow, that's pretty fortunate that they don't have to cut your head open, but they can go through your nostrils. Well, you, you, you think that until your nose has been rammed up and then it's a whole different story. I mean, I'm glad they didn't have to cut my head open, but I really wish they didn't have to ram up my, no my nostrils either. I still don't sound like myself. There's still, and like I said, we're at a year on April 26th of the from the surgery and I'm still somewhat somewhat nasally right 
But yeah, they have to, that's why the neurosurgeon does it with the ENT and they go up through the nostrils to get to your brain. And so when you come out of the surgery, it's, I don't even want to get into all that. It's, it's not, it's not fun. And even now I'm still supposed to be using the rinses, which I don't do like I should. And so I'm still dealing with, um, uh, breathing issues. They've had, they have to suction a lot after surgery. They do, you keep going back and they do some suctioning. And then I had scar tissue on the left. So they had to go in and cut the scar tissue out, but I still can hardly breathe out of the right. That's a little good. Not so bad today. Um, but the right one, which didn't show scar tissue, gives me a lot of trouble. And the last time I went, it's, it's because I guess it's still swelling. It's still swelling. And there will still be discharge and stuff like that. Don't mean to gross you out. Um, it's, it's still a work in progress in the nostrils. Okay. So the, the interesting thing, of course, after you have the surgery, you can't, you don't taste anything. You can't, you know, you can't um, breathe out of your nose. It's just, it's just packed with, you know, first packed with all kinds of fluids and blood and everything. And so um, even when I came home from the hospital and my church is so wonderful and, and people were bringing me meals and everything. And, um, but I could, for a while, I could, I just couldn't taste anything, you know, and then I had to go on insulin and I had to go on steroids and that's the, the steroids. That's a key part, but let me just jump to this part. Okay. Where am I now? Um, I can't, uh, I can't go into everything, although I went through a lot concerning the surgery itself, but it, it's, it was a whole healing process of this. Um, I will say this, um, I had to do insulin for, for a few months, um, and, uh, but the insulin, I'm not on insulin anymore. I'm not on medication for diabetes anymore. I still take my, um, test my sugar, prick myself before every meal, just because I, um, I got in the habit of doing it and I'm going to be transferring to back to the endocrinologist, uh, where I live rather than up in St. Louis. And I want to have all those numbers written out when I, when I get there before we, um, I just want to keep doing it, uh, just to, to keep track of it for now until I transfer doctors completely. But um, the blood pressure, I've been having some trouble recently with my blood pressure, um, but I'm not sure it's related to this at all. And uh, so I'm not on any medication um, concerning blood pressure for either. So praise God for that. Um, but, and uh, the one, the one cool thing too, is um, I shared on social media, the weird thing, I'm a huge peanut butter lover. Like I could eat a big old jar of peanut butter in a week. I mean, just, I don't have to have it on anything. I'm just eating it, eating it, eating it. Um, but after surgery, when I got my taste back even, um, I have not been able to eat peanut butter straight. I have not been able to um, put it on bread and just eat it. The only way I could eat it is if I had like a peanut butter uh, dessert, like a peanut butter brownie or peanut butter cookie or in my, I eat, um, I drink uh, shakes, protein shakes, usually uh, just about every day. And I can put peanut butter in there, but just to straight up eat peanut butter and put it on bread, it was absolutely disgusting. To smell it, absolutely disgusting. I just noticed the nerves are still coming alive. Um, so I'll get sharp pains in my nostrils and in my, um, you know, just, just weird sharp pains that'll just come in my nose and uh, under my, uh, my palate here was numb. After surgery, my teeth were numb as well. And uh, the right side uh, unfroze faster than the left. The left on the top of my palate 
is starting. I can do that now. I can still feel it. Sometimes if I just rub it, I'll start sneezing because of the nerves. Um, but they're coming alive. And so I still am not fully, they're not fully alive on the left side. Anyway, so I'm assuming it's because of all the nerve stuff that the peanut butter tasted absolutely nasty. I mean, and I love peanut butter. Um, and I'm like, what in the world? So I just noticed in the last few days that when I put it in my shake and I, I, I licked the, um, the spoon, I noticed, oh, that doesn't taste so bad. You know, that was a while ago, actually, um, a few weeks ago, maybe. And then over time, and then in the last few days, it almost is starting to taste pretty good again. So I'm guessing all of that is just coming alive. But when I smell it, it smells like garbage. It smells absolutely horrible. Um, so I don't know if it's a good sign that the, I'm starting to enjoy the peanut butter again, because I don't know that it's so good for my waistline, because I'm telling you, I can get down on some peanut butter. But yeah, such a, that's a weird, weird kind of thing, right? Okay. So, and I'll sniff a lot too. Um, that just has been the case as well. But here's, here's the deal of why people are asking me in addition to that, you know, how are you doing? Because after a while, a while after surgery, the endocrinologist began to wean me off of the steroids. After surgery, the cortisol level, which was so high, the Cushing's dropped, which is what is expected, okay? It drops and you have to take steroids because it's so low and you can't live without cortisol, you know, which is a part of the pituitary. The pituitary controls all this, but the pituitary, after having a tumor on it for so long, in fact, the tumor caused, um, the, the tumor caused my pituitary to, 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 to shift to like, um, it was bent. It was tilted is the right word, you know? And, um, but I'm very grateful that the tumor was not, it was not resting on the optical, on the optic nerve, because that was one of the things they told me could happen. A lot of things could happen. Spinal leak could happen, which I think I had a little of, um, but not a big deal. Um, and you could go blind, the surgery because of where they are and all that. So you can see why I didn't just jump in. Oh yeah, you know, go up into my nostrils, but I knew I had to do it. And unless God miraculously moved it, I knew that that was the case. So any case, um, so when she began to wean me from the steroids, the doctor, which she should have, I believe, tested my cortisol before the weaning. Now they did a lot of lab work day after day, like every other day, for the first week that I got home after surgery, I had to go to the hospital and do more lab work because it's a very um, touchy thing. Um, and I don't know all the medical stuff about it, but there's certain things that you, you have to monitor because it's, it's, you know, it's not cool. I had to make sure that I had my insulin all the time and to make sure that I had uh, some candy all the time um, so that with the insulin and the everything that it wouldn't drop too low. It's always a whole different way of, of life and things like that, that they tell me I'm supposed to have. But um, the pituitary may take a while to wake up or it may never wake up. Um, but, and the cortisol therefore was extremely, extremely low. And the last time I had lab work, it was still extremely low, but she, the doctor endocrinologist began to wean me off the steroids 
anyway. I'm not sure why. Before she tested the cortisol, actually, um, to make sure I was ready. I was told that part of the side effects of that would be uh, could be um, joint pain. And, uh, but I was given a schedule of the weaning and I wanted off, I, I hate medication. I wanted off of this medication, um, off the steroids. And so I weaned, I weaned every week, you know, and, and she had told me that if you start to feel pain, then you could go back up or you could slow it down or however you do it. Um, and it's all about how much you can tolerate. And at first I didn't have any problems at all. And then maybe two weeks into the weaning, I started feeling um, some pain. So it's like, I started feeling really, feel really weird, kind of feel a little bit of pain. And then it slammed me. When I say slammed me, it slammed me and it got progressively worse. And um, I, could, I could hardly walk. Uh, I couldn't hardly get up in my bed was, was high, is high. I could hardly get in my bed. My, my good friend, Christy, Christy King, she actually made me a stool so that I could get on it and get on my bed. Um, going up and down stairs, it's like one at a time. I mean, I, I, I literally could barely walk. I've, I've never experienced anything like it. And, um, it was just my whole, my body, I guess, was inflamed. Um, and it was, it was, it was horrible. And, um, and I would cry. I couldn't, um, you haven't really, I mean, maybe you've been there. I hope you haven't. I hope you never will. But when you, when a couple times I had to be pulled out of my tub and, you know, um, I'm a very private person, but I couldn't, wouldn't be able to get out. So I had to stop taking baths and buy a shower chair and just take shower, just take showers. Um, because I just, I couldn't, I, my arm was so, my body was so inflamed and my muscles were so tight that I could hardly move my arms properly. So it, like, for example, my arm could only go, if you could see it, it could only go right here. That was as far back as it would go. Um, man, it still hurts right here. And I still have swelling and stuff. Um, I'll spare you showing it to you, but, um, and then, uh, my fingers, my, my, um, wrists, everything was very, very painful, still painful, but it was, it was even worse. And so people would, I had to get to a point where it was like, people couldn't shake my hand or people didn't want people to touch me. Like my pastor actually even told the church, don't you know please don't don't touch her because just the touching me you know how people pat I didn't realize how much people pat you but pat me and and touch and, and shake my hand and it just was um was just extremely uh extremely painful and so I was working talking to the endocrinologist what can we do long story semi-short um really nothing but then it got it got so bad that um, the endocrinologist said to me, Adrian, I don't think this is from, I don't think this is from the pituitary stuff. I don't think, I, I don't think this is, is it, I think you got another problem. This is not because the cortisol is low um, necessarily. Um, so she said, I think perhaps you have an autoimmune disease. And I'm like, I'm not receiving that. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that. And she just said, this, your, your, your pain is so extreme. It's so intense that I just think it's something else. And I'm like, well, why would it show up now? And then she said, well, because cortisol is a natural anti-inflammatory. And so when your cortisol is so high, you could have another issue, but you would not know it because it's an anti-inflammatory. And now that it's low, then now you realize that you have another issue. Anyway, I wasn't receiving that, but she sent me to, told me to go to my primary doctor, which I did. And the primary doctor did some testing and, um, and some of it came back positive, um, really, really high rates of whatever technical terms they are showing various inflammation, et cetera. So she, but I was negative with like rheumatoid arthritis and things like that. So she sent me to the rheumatologist and the rheumatologist did a whole workup of every autoimmune disease you could possibly discover. And although that other number was extremely, two numbers were really high, it wasn't for autoimmune, they were for, I think something like one thing's called like a sed rate, whatever. Whatever it was, I was told that it shows that at some point my body had attacked itself, but every one of the autoimmune tests came back negative, which is a wonderful thing, sounds wonderful, but at the same time left me with no answers except to be in pain. And then I started physical therapy, et cetera. Um, as you can see now, I can put my arm way back here. I couldn't even go back that far, not that long ago. Um, and I'm back to being able to get in the tub. Um, uh, I can't, um, I can't get up out of the tub like without thinking about it. I have to actually think uh, think about how to do this. Like I don't, it's not just natural. I have to actually think and prepare for it and, and do that. But I'm, I, I can I can do that, and I've been doing that. Um, but anyway, thankful for the negatives on the autoimmune. I'm praising God for that. So we're back to assuming that it's from the weaning. Now we had to stop weaning because the pain was so intense and the cortisol was so low. And then we did it again. And the three months, almost three months later, the cortisol was still very low. So we had to stop the weaning. So I'm half of what I was taking uh, at the max, but the pituitary obviously has not um, at least at the time of the last blood work has not awakened yet. They say sometimes it never does. I'm not believing that. I do not believe that I need to, I, I have to live with all, the, you know, with the, the steroids for the rest of my life. Jesus is a healer and I'm believing for that. Um, so I, I, wanted, I wanted to give this update too, because I, I, sometimes people go online, come online and they'll just say, oh my goodness, you look amazing um, in terms of, somebody who just had brain surgery, like, like you, I'm so glad that you're, that you're better. And, um, and so because I'm, they're not with me, a lot of them, they just see what they see and, and they're just like, you're just doing so well. And, um, and I thank God for how I am doing, but I wanted to give, I want, I, so when I share with them that, you know, what I, what is going on for those who only see me online, they're like, man, we would never know, you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it is a continued, uh, it's just continued situation and people will ask me, you know, people who know me, people who see me at church, et cetera, they'll say, are you, cause they, they knew what I was going through. They saw, and they'll say, are you, 
how are you getting better? And the thing with this is I am, I can, I can walk upstairs, you know, some days are better than others. Um, but I can just walk up the stairs or walk down the stairs. I'm not without pain. I, in fact, I, you know, I said, I just want to know what it is not to be in pain. I don't remember what it was to not be in pain. I don't remember what that's like. And that's a horrible, horrible thing, but I can move like I wasn't able to move before. There's improvement, you know, and um, and so in, in some in sometimes it's just like it's people are like, oh, is it progress progressively better? And um, with this, it ha it hasn't seemed like progressively better. It, it could be it could be um, good on a Monday, and then I could be in a lot of pain on Tuesday. Um, and so it's, it's not so much like progressively better. It's just sort of like it depends on the day. But when I look back at where I was, I can do things now that I could not do a few months ago. Okay. And so I'm thankful for that, you know, and I can, I can go, like I said, go up and downstairs, not one step, stop, another step, stop. You know, I can, I can, you know, I can, like I said, take shower. I still use the shower chair, but it's more out of habit now than anything. You know, I could get in there. Like I said, I can get myself out of the tub. I have to think about it, you know. I still have pain in my hands and there's, there are some knots that have developed and there's swelling, you know, and inflammation in my body. And I don't remember what it is to be pain-free, but I will get back there. And, uh, and so that's where I am. And so, you know, I, I'm thankful for people who are like, wow, you look like, you know, just doing so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for the goodness of God. Um, and, uh, but I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, where I want to be is not to experience pain, not to, you know, to be able to run again. I say that all the time. I'm going to be able to run again. And um, I'm not there yet. And uh, hurts to walk sometimes. And coming from a sitting to standing is usually the most difficult. But, and that's so weird, right? You have brain surgery. And then as a result of that, you've got inflammation and pain throughout your entire, all the joints, it's the, it's the joints throughout your entire body. And so one of the things that rheumatologist told me was that it could be a result of um, like a shock. Sometimes when you have a, like a major surgery like that, it just throws your body in the shock and, um, and that could be it. But the cortisol obviously um, plays, plays a role in that. And so right now I'm still on the, on the, um, the steroids and um, I'm on a painkiller. I, I hate medication, but I'm also on a painkiller, which you go, why am I doing that since I'm still in pain? Sometimes I test it and see how I do without it, you know? And um, and then I'm also, I started doing turmeric. If you're familiar with turmeric, it's, it's um, anti-inflammatory, it helps. It doesn't take away the pain. Um, but when I don't take it, a lot of time, if I try to test it out, and I don't take it. Sometimes I experience that. I want to know what it is to not be in pain. And I want to know what it is not to be in pain um, without any medication. And so I speak by faith. I speak to this pituitary, you know, and I tell it to wake up and the cortisol to, to be normal and whatever is contributing to the pain. I mean, we think we figured it out, but you know, um, I tell that to, I tell this body to be healed. This body is the temple of the Lord. And so, um, I, I expected, uh, to, to be, to be well, you know, um, so that's a, that's an update of where I am on November 8th. I went, it was a little more than six months past surgery. And 
I had to go back six months for them to do another brain MRI. That was the fourth one that I mentioned. And uh, the neurosurgeon, I have a new one now because that one, like I said, was taking another position. And that neurosurgeon um, said that the MRI showed something on the pituitary, but he called it post-operative changes. And, and he didn't think that it was, uh, he didn't think that it was uh, like regrowth because there's a certain percentage where the tumor grows back and they have to do another surgery, God forbid. And I mean that, um, but he did see something, but he said, I think it's post-operative changes because really it would be too soon for it to grow back. Um, and so he, he considers, I was told um, when I followed up even after that, when I heard that, that it was, um, that it's in remission, that Cushing's is in remission because even no matter what he sees on that image, my, my biology, the biology says, if I'm using the right word that he used, says that I'm in remission, meaning the cortisol is extremely low. If I had, if I still had that, it would be high. It's, it's low. Um, and we needed to go higher, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, this high level and, um, you know, uh, the, the sugar, the glucose numbers suggest that, that it's quote unquote remission, uh, et cetera. So I go, he, he's fine to see me, uh, was said he was fine to see me in another, in another year after I had seen him on November 8th. So that's where we are now. And I just try to keep on top of everything. Like I said, continuing to take sugar, et cetera. And right now wanting to, um, be free of the pain. And so I, I asked for your, your prayers because it needs to go. I got too much to do, you know, um, too much to do, too much. The Lord has called me to do. And, um, and I want to be able to, to, to function, um, to function without, without pain and to travel. If I have to, I did, I was recently in New York, uh, New York city, my good friend, Jenny Ferguson. She it's the first time that I flew after the surgery, which was interesting too, because I, I had to call the neurosurgeon and, um, ask, uh, the ENT, excuse me, and ask, if I needed to be aware of anything. And so um, how the pressure would affect all this stuff that's still going on in my nostrils and stuff. And um, so they told me what I needed to do as far as that goes, but I wanted my friend there with me as I had to travel finally to go see my Aunt Alma, whom I didn't see until, hadn't seen for a year, almost a year. I went to see her before surgery without telling her about surgery. So don't say anything. If you know auntie, uh, I didn't want her to be worried about that. So she never knew, still doesn't know. And then my friend Jenny came with me um, so that I didn't have to travel alone and try to navigate everything with the pain and stuff. So, but yeah, we are, um, we're headed in the right direction, I believe. Um, pray that this pituitary wakes up, pray that the cortisol um, is what it's supposed to be. And uh, I know soon when I get transferred over to this new, the, um, back to the original um, endocrinologist here, he's gonna do more blood work as I'm off that thyroid, they have me on this thyroid medication also, I'm off of that. So he's going to recheck that and other things, I'm sure. All right. And you know what's interesting, though? I was told that doctors told me that I think it's 10% maybe of people. You know, you can look it up yourself. I don't quote me on that for sure. But there's, a, there's quite a percentage of people who have Cushing's and don't know it. And they're treating things like diabetes and they're treating things like high blood pressure. But it's, it's a pituitary tumor. They're benign tumors. Um, how you get them and stuff, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, sometimes stress related, I, I think, but generally I don't think they really know who gets it. So, um, so there's my update, you know, I hope I didn't bore you with all the details of it, but I do like people will say, you know, how are you doing? Or you're looking so wonderful. And, or, you know, recently a friend of mine reached out because she's dealing with some of this herself. So she was asking me about how I knew that I had it, what that process was and, and everything. And so I pray you don't have it, but it's so important that we get things checked out and that we push because they were blowing off. I knew something was different in my body. I could look at it and tell, and for my friend, Christy has said to me, she's like, Adrian, you're, you're, I mean, you're working out constantly, et cetera. Your stomach is it's not that it was big, just that it was big, but it was the, it was the way it looked. And you could, she was looking through, you know, you could see it right through my clothes. It's like, I couldn't hide it. It wasn't like I could have big enough clothes to hide it, you know? And she's just like, it's, it's something's up, you know? And I come to find out later, she kind of, she likes to like Google and search stuff, come to find out she had me diagnosed even before I knew. And so when she heard that, she's like, I knew it. I knew it from, from the symptoms. But you guys, you're going to be your best. You have to be your most ardent advocate because a lot of times things get blown off. Uh, and But you know you know your body. And I still got some other stuff that's going on here, but I, I believe in God and um, I'm praying to feel better. I'm asking you to help to speak to my body and command it to feel better. Those of you who are people of prayer and people of faith. So there's the one year update. So moving on from there, moving on from that, I want to remind you that you have to tune in next Tuesday on May 2nd. I'm having part two of Unapologetically Prophetic with Dr. Lanice Reynolds. I'm having part two, part two of Unapologetically Prophetic with Dr. Lanice Reynolds. If you missed part one, you need to go back to part one and listen to part one. You can still listen to part two if you haven't listened to part one, but I, 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 you, you don't want to miss part one. We had a good time and she dropped some knowledge on us, but um, she's going to drop some more knowledge. We're going to really get into the apostolic and the prophetic on, um, on the next episode. So make sure, make sure you're tuned in to the Adrian Ross show. I encourage you. I know a lot of people like to listen and you don't watch and that's fine. And that's what you want to do. If you want to listen on a major podcast platform, if you want to listen on adrianross.substack.com, but I really encourage you to tune into to YouTube to watch it. Cause there's something that you get when you're just, you're just looking, you know, at, at that person who's talking and who's intent. So Dr. Lenise Reynolds next Tuesday, and make sure you tell somebody else so that they tune in, that you share that with other people. It's going to be so good. Dr. Lenise Dr. says some people are prophetic and don't know it. Some people are apostolic and don't know it. What does she mean? You got to tune in to find out. All right. So thank you for tuning in to this interesting, I hope, episode of the Adrian Ross show. And um, make sure you go to the bmgnetwork.com and check out the other podcasters there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and even entertaining. So go there. Remember, a rating and a review on a major podcast platform. All right. God bless you. I'm wondering. It's your next time.